You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello and welcome to the Combo Conform Podcast. This is Roger coming to you on Thursday, actually, the 11th of August. We're a day late, but uh, that's all right. We are actually also Vinceless. You will notice there's a d- distinctive lack of whiny, nasally voice in this podcast, which just makes it full of wind. And as if that were not enough, filling his shoes, we've got Joe from For The Lore Podcast. So, Joe, welcome to the show once again. Thank you very much for having me, my friend. I don't think I had a choice. <laughs> it's true. That's that's pretty true. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm uh I win by default, and that's usually the best way to win. All right. Well, it's just basically you're looking at our options, and it's like, ah, okay, I guess we'll take them. So, anyways, this is actually going to be a pretty full show, just because we're at a point now where we are getting very close to the end of Flashpoint, as well as the tie-ins. Some of the tie-ins have actually ended. Some of them in my opinion, quite spectacularly, some of them more predictably. And they are wrapping up everything to get ready for the relaunch that we are all eagerly awaiting for in September now, although our bank accounts are not so eagerly awaiting. How many are you planning on picking up come September? I'm not picking up Swamp Thing. I'm not picking up JLA. And so far, that's about as far as I've pruned the list. (laughs) Really? You've pruned it by two. So you're picking up 50. (laughs) It's 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 hard, dude. Like I'm going through the list and like like, oh my god, I want to own this. I want to I want to read this. Oh god, I can't afford this. Ah, like literally, I'm standing in the comic shop and I just look at what's coming out and I'm just shaking my head. And Uh-oh. the guy, the the comic owner, looks at me and he's like, "What's wrong?" Is like, you're gonna own my soul in about a month. Well, no kidding. It's just gotten to the point where it is, uh, it's absolutely ridiculous how many there are going to be and not just how many, just how many good ones there are going to Mm -hmm. be. A lot of the stuff that initially I would have thought there's no way in hell that I would be interested in that. I'm looking at it and thinking, Hmm, I'd like to give the first couple a shot just to see what they're going to do with this. Well, that said, I mean, that's where digital subscriptions come in really handy if you can get them. Cause, Not know. at the price that they're saying. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep bitching about that. Eventually, somebody's going to listen because I think Hopefully. that the price point that they are um, touting is just absolutely ridiculous. Now, and that see, said, some of the Flashpoint actual physical comics were super cheap. Did you see that? Yeah, but it's still not enough. There's still, when you're looking at, say, the, uh, yeah, the Justice League of America one, you're going to be looking at four bucks. And then if you want the digital included in there, you're looking at five. Now, here's my thing with that, too. Just to kind of take one little moment aside from that and before we start into the actual flashpoint, I wanted to know your opinion here. And and I'm going to use the analogy of when you buy a DVD or a Blu-ray movie. Now, do you feel that once you have bought said DVD, legally, DVD or Blu-ray movie, that you have the right to rip that Blu-ray or DVD and put it, say, on your iPhone or your iPad so that you could watch it using the hardware that you want to watch it with. Here's my theory and what I've been ranting about (laughs) for probably a good several, several months. When I purchase something, I am purchasing the rights for that for my personal use. 
I should be allowed a digital copy for my mobile devices because I purchased a physical copy. I don't care if this is a book. I don't care if this is a comic book. I don't care if this is a movie. Also, I think this would help in certain industries that are struggling for sales. You have your diehards out there that want these digital copies but don't want to pay the extra the, the money to have a physical and a digital copy. Why not give them both? Why not? Hey, hey, you bought one of our items. You can now enter this code, which is your your purchase code or whatever, to verify that you bought it or whatever. And here you go. Put a DRM on it. I don't give a f but I can't tell you how many books, how many comic books I've purchased that I wished I had in a digital format, but didn't want to pay an extra two, three, four, five, six bucks, you know, sometimes more just to have a digital copy of it or worry about having to break some, you know, copyright agreement to get a digital copy it should be included at this point we are we are past this point of technology where it's new and unusual this is commonplace it should be standard issue at this point it's probably worth noting at this point seeing as we're all of three minutes in that uh, may need to remind you once again that this is a clean podcast um, just to save myself the editing time not that i don't enjoy the quacking i really do that'll but, be your uh, only quack it's gonna be uh, a little bit harder to edit now that being said i agree with you wholeheartedly it really bothers me immensely it's the same thing as if i buy a cd and i own that cd I can rip it, I can put it on my devices. For some reason, they seem to think, however, that no, you should have to purchase both the hard copy as well as a digital copy if you want a digital copy. And I really, it bothers me immensely. I really hope that that is a trend that does not continue. It's bad enough that they are charging us as much as they are for copies. The fact that they want to charge us more for a combination of the copy as well as the digital copy really it has to change. It really does. So, and I, and I understand the need. I understand. I understand the need to make money. I understand that they are still a business, but it is there's silly a difference at this point. No, there, no. There, there's money gouging, and then there's making a profit. You're they're going to make a profit one way or another. Just be fair about it. Maybe yeah. be logical about it. I actually disagree. It's not. I wouldn't use the argument. It's a business, and we expect them to make money. Of course, we do. But that does not change the fact that they should not be charging twice for us to pick up the same thing. So to me, at that point, it's it's beyond money gouging. It's it's point blank unethical. You're charging me twice or making me feel as if I should not have the right to to have a digital copy for free because I've picked up the physical copy. Anyway, so let's move away from there. I, I, I wanted to know what your, your thoughts on that were. And coincidentally, it's uh, the same as mine. So let's talk now about some Flashpoint because it's gotten to the point now where we are really getting into some exciting stuff with the actual Flashpoint series. But then there's also been all of the tie-ins, some of which, like I said, have ended. So we're going to touch on the actual Flashpoint later on. And let's just start with some, some of the tie-ins right now. And I honestly don't think that you can talk about tie-ins without first and foremost talking about Batman Night of Vengeance. I know that for me, <laughs> it was not just a little my favorite. It was so much my favorite. It's, I can't even fathom it. It's unbelievable. And what's funny is that in saying that, I'm not putting down the other ones because nearly all of the other ones, with the exception, uh, just a few minor exceptions, I absolutely loved. So to say that this one was that much better really proves a point here. Like the Batman Night of Vengeance was just insanely cool. Oh, yes. And now I'm wondering what you thought about and and 
before we even start here, I'm only saying it once. It's going to be spoiler warning. There you go. You've heard it. That's it. We're going to talk about these issues. So what did you think about the final issue taking off from the the little girl getting shot and then the, the, the different Joker? What did you take away from episode three or okay. issue three? Here's what I got out of the the entire thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, okay, it was by far my favorite of all of them. And I mean that literally all of them. It was probably the best written, best presented. It had the perfect art style for it. And what a twist. The I thing mean, that's funny, seriously. too, is even if we weren't Batman fans, no, I mean, exactly. yes, we are, but I'm still very open to a good story. Case in point, some of the other ones, I wasn't following those characters, but I loved the stories. But there was something about that Batman story that just was absolutely insane. It just gripped your heart. There were two moments in, in the entire line that involved Batman that just made me put the comic book down and go, oh, my God. The first one was with Barry in the electric chair. When that moment happened, I nearly lost it because it was just the epic setup and it was the face that Batman made when it happened. And the second was the big reveal of who the Joker was. Mm -hmm. And that just set me over the edge. Like Renee turned to me and looked at me and was just like, are you okay?" And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. (laughs) And. And of course, here it is. It's it's his wife. And so when you're reading that and you see that, it's funny because actually my, my son read it as well. And when he got to the end, he was saying, I knew it was her. I knew it was her. I knew it. <laughs> and, and he loved it, too. And uh, like when we go to the comic book store every week, I tell him, like, I'll buy you one issue of whatever you want. And then if he wants to spend his money, he can on stuff too. And lately he hasn't been picking up the flashpoint just because it's, there's been so much of it going on and he's actually been really hooked on some of the astonishing X-Men stuff that's been going on. So he's been picking up those issues and, what he decided, though, was the last little while he's been picking up those Batman Knights of Vengeance issues um, just so that he has them because he knows how good they are. So, yeah, I the the, the reveal there, the as if that were not enough, though, the actual relationship then between Bruce and her or not Bruce, sorry, um, what's his name thomas thomas Thomas, yeah thomas what's her name again thomas and marla martha martha yes so thomas and martha wayne yeah the relationship between them in this universe is absolutely insane it's i mean again and it makes sense and it it makes more sense than the original oh yeah makes a ton of sense but it's just interesting because you have these two adversaries that have been the adversaries throughout time for batman is batman and the joker and i mean we've seen that in the the comic book the movies the the game especially like i mean it that's what it always is it's the definitive the definitive yeah the flip of the coin for Mm -hmm. to use that that expression but the what happens here is that you're seeing all of a sudden the relationship between those two so completely different than what you're used to. And yes, we've seen a lot of other things that were different, but 
something like that it just really stops you and it was so well done and then when it starts to get to the point where it's getting very serious where he's saying he's working towards a way of changing the world as they know it so that uh, bruce can live and when they're actually holding each other and you can see when they've got the outlines, you can still see the gouges in her cheeks even. Mm-hmm. And and it's just so gripping. And then when they're they're talking and uh and and then they're saying he's saying like he'll follow in his father's footsteps. Wow <laughs> <laughs> That little moment there was literally worth flashpoint in my opinion. The, just that oh, yeah. was so damn cool. And the cool thing about it is it's also an interesting throwback to one of the original storylines where his dad, and this is kind of funny because they mentioned this in several of the different offshoots throughout time of the Batman story arcs, that the inspiration for his costume didn't actually come from the bats in the cave. It came from a costume his dad had worn years ago when he was a kid. And it was kind of interesting to see sort of that costume evolve because it was very similar to the uh, the sort of hard angles that we saw in Night of Vengeance. And I was like, and that was an interesting throwback to me because I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes absolute perfect sense. I'm in love with this right now. Yeah. So that was, again, it, just that those last few pages were enough for me to to make the entire thing worthwhile which is saying a lot when you're looking at some of the other uh miniseries and tie-ins um with me especially something like emperor aquaman which was insanely good mm-hmm. and i just read uh issue three as well of that having read one and two and really really liked them because with Emperor Aquaman, more so than any of the other ones, you're seeing the battle between the the Atlanteans and the Amazons. Mm-hmm. And really, that is so much of what is tearing that world apart, obviously. And so when you're seeing the, the ins and outs of all of those characters, it was, in my opinion, it was better than Wonder Woman and the Furies, in my opinion. I uh, agree. I just thought that, and it's not because I'm a, a really an Aquaman fan, because quite frankly, I'm not. <laughs> it's not that I have anything against him, but I'm not really a fan. So then when you are, when you're reading this, I really thought that the, the um, that series, the Emperor Aquaman one, did so much more to talk about the reasons for that war that you really didn't get as much of the personal moments like that in wonder woman and the furies you didn't and i think that was part i think that was intentional to be uh to be perfectly frank is the amazons are sort of the cold war machine and there's a lot of parallels being drawn between them and the nazis um which is kind of amusing to me um but there are a lot of similarities to the way that they're waging war and the way that war was waged with impunity in world war ii um and it's kind of interesting to see sort of the the cold detachment from humanity that they have with everything and there is there's no personal touching moments there there's you don't get that sense of humanity from them they are an entity they are not individuals and then you get to emperor aquaman and you have the personality behind the throne you know not I mean? just he, that but you get a lot of back history yes. on him as well that we got in issue two which i talked about before that i really really loved issue two 
so much. And but they made it, it, it's like they made it a, a point to draw you into the character in his story arc and distance you from the Amazons. That's that's what I got out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing, too, is that the by the time you get into issue three of Emperor Aquaman, you're really the that anguish that you felt inside of Aquaman and the confusion and it's all explained so well in two because you're finding out about the backstory which in and of itself was bad enough that it would really warp a person and then everything from then on so when you're getting to all of the crap that goes bad at the end (laughs) of issue three it's believable it's believable that he would point blank lose it in a moment of fury, wanting nothing but vengeance and going after Wonder Woman, regardless of the fact that it's going to kill so many of his own people of, you know, of Europe. No, mm-hmm. he has to get his hands on her. And it's again, it's believable, not not listening to the reason of the the setup that they've all been, you know, set up. And I, again, I just thought that the writing in this one was very very strong i definitely agree um honestly most of the flashpoint series the writing was particularly well done um to coin to use a a phrase that's been you know sort of used time and time again it's they brought their a game for this they really really did i'm gonna disagree with you on that because in my opinion good writing is where you have an engaging story but you've also made it so that you really care about the characters a lot and they didn't do that for every single one because when you're looking at the series like citizen cold which it's i really wanted to like it i did i wanted to like it well written but he's a horrible character I don't think that's it, though, because once again, there's you can have something that's well written, but it's not very well written. It's I know you're, you're splitting hairs at this point, but you're having a, a good story, but at the, the price of not creating characters that are not writing the characters well enough that they're engaging in that you care about them. And you need to have that in a story. And really, everything that I've read in Citizen Cold, I don't care about anybody in that series, and I'm not enjoying it at all. I, I haven't read three yet, so I'm hoping that there's a really good finale to it. But one and two, I had to, no, I won't lie, I pretty much had to force myself through issue two. I'll be honest, it's probably, it's my least favorite out of the entire series. But but it's, for not, me, it's not my but, least, there's still Secret Seven to talk about. <laughs> I actually don't like Citizen Cold more than I don't like Secret Seven. Um, but the point for me was it's it's well written. It is. It really, really is. It's a Citizen Cold's not an engaging character, no matter what you do with him. And you can only have so many antiheroes in, in this world. And Citizen Cold does not make a good antihero, no matter how, what way you slice it or how you try to present it. And so that title sort of doesn't have the meat behind it that the other titles have. Yeah, but and I, I think that's the major problem with it. Yeah, but then you look at something like The Outsider. You know, they took somebody who's just point blank evil and they still made it an awesome, awesome story. Like the the outsider is just fantastic. I've been absolutely digging it. So you can have it where it's a character that is really hard to care for, but that is at least really engaging and really well written. It's not just the the events that are engaging and well written. It's the characters as well. Fair enough. I, I will concede that point. Okay, and then, so The Outsider, I I really have been liking it. I don't know about you. I enjoyed it, but I, I'll be honest, I haven't caught up with it. 
So, I mean, I kind of know what happens, but I haven't really sat down with that particular one yet. Okay. It is very good. I did enjoy it. I really liked the Deathstroke one, which just ended. So Deathstroke and the Curse of the Ravager. Did you read the third one yet? I haven't read the third one. I've read okay. one and two. Well, you're going to get a little bit spoilers, which that's is not fine much with me. surprising. Uh, he does get his hands on his daughter, and that's the great big finale. The third one is basically a huge fight. There's a mutiny on board, and then a huge fight to get his daughter back. It's in typical Deathstroke fashion. It's not as much a huge fight as it is a very strategically planned instance. And... I dug it that they stayed with that. They didn't make it into this huge freaking thing where it had to be, you know, a big fight. Granted, there is some of that, too. But he gets her back by strategic means. And I love that. I I love the fact that they worked that in with a character that is essentially a pirate. And I love that so much. Yeah. Very, very good. Okay. Then there was Project Superman, which did the I'm trying to remember now. Did the third one come out today? Or sorry, yesterday. Uh, I, I think believe so. so. Uh, what's I'm looking at the list here. No, it did not. So I'm guessing that's coming out next week. Because I did not read the third one yet. I've only read the first two. What, what did you think about it? Because I, I wasn't as crazy about the second one. I still liked it, but I didn't think it was nearly as good as the first one. Actually, I, I the only thing the only gripe I really have with it is I think it's too predictable. Because it's something that we've we've sort of seen already. Um, the Project Superman really reminded me of... Do you remember the Max Power series? Yep. That's what it reminded me of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I'm reading it, I'm looking at it, I'm like, I remember reading this, and I went over to the shelf, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Max Power. Okay. And that's what I kind of got out of it. It wasn't... I mean, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I didn't think it was the greatest that they've done. Um, and I still hate Citizen Cold more than I dislike that one. Um, but, yeah, that's what I got out of it. It's, it's something that we've already sort of explored, so it wasn't as exciting to me compared to what all the other titles had. Okay. Um, one of the other ones that we liked a lot, it was in a one-shot, was the Canterbury Cricket. Vince and I loved it. I don't know if you enjoyed it. I actually didn't read the Canterbury Cricket. You should, you owe it to yourself to read it because it was, it was very well written. And then some of what goes on in there, of course, ties into the, uh, what's going on in some of the other series as well. Um, so it's when you're looking at what's going on with the Lois Lane and the resistance as well, and the Wonder Woman and the Furies, you've got a lot of the same stuff that's happening and they're meeting each other and fighting and whatnot. And so the team that Canterbury cricket is with is actually taking on a group of the Furies and, and beating them too, in one instance. So there's a lot going on there. That's, important to the story and it's still well enough written that you're you're really enjoying it it's nowhere near the caliber of say the batman stuff but it's still very engaging and very good i think i'll be picking that up at some point i mean you know with a tagline like flash flack his power is his curse how can you go wrong and what else we got we've got avancer of course which Mm -hmm. i really really liked that one the third one is going to be coming out soon uh I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's coming up. I think up it's next week, soon. isn't it? Yeah, probably, yes. Next week or the week after. It might be a little bit later. That one there, yeah, that was phenomenal. And I love what we're seeing with um, with what's going on with the Green Lantern right now as well, where we know now that it's going to be Sinestro is the one yes. that is going to be 
the actual um, uh, Green Lantern, not Hal. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. I really enjoyed the second Hal um, issue. Was that? No, that wasn't in Hal. It was in something no, else. That was, was that, um, that was in Flashpoint, was it not? That was in Flashpoint itself with yeah. the, uh, the air assault on England. Yeah. So the stuff that's going on with Hal, I'm really digging right now, too. I think that it's well done. And I love how they tied in his attitude and where he finally explains it, that if he didn't have that carefree attitude, that he would talk himself out of doing these things. And that's why he has to do it. And it's the first time where they actually explained it in such a way that I went, ah, see, that's good. That I love how they did that. Um, you've, you've caught up with Hal Jordan. You know what happens, right? Uh, I've only read up until there, like up until, well, obviously issue four. Okay. Um, I mean, just the way that he, he engages himself, it's true to the character. And I sort of really enjoy that, um, all the way up to the end. And I think that was very important for them to keep that. And that's like certain key characters have kept their, their attitudes or their cores. And I think that really makes a big difference. Um, Hal Jordan's definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had to do something important for him, too. They had now, to. One of the other ones that I know you really liked a lot as well was the Dead Man and the Flying Graysons. An absolutely phenomenal storyline. And this is not just because I'm a Batman fanboy or anything like that. Um, but the the entire comic, the, the three run comic had very important points. Uh, first, you had Boston uh, with his I'm the superstar attitude um, working with the Graysons as part of the high flying act of the circus. You have um, the basic human shark and ragdoll as sideshow uh, freaks. And you have Dr. Fate as a sideshow freak, which was um, awesome, <laughs> which was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what was cool with me is they're like, you know, it's very World War Two ish in that regard, too. They're trying to go from town to town, trying to bring, you know, happiness and escape from the war that's going around the world. Uh, and eventually get drawn into the conflict because the Amazons want to get their hands on Dr. Fate's helmet. Um, and this is how we wind up seeing Dick's family uh, get murdered. Um, it was a nice throwback to the original Nightwing costume, too, which was happened to be the Flying Grayson's costume was the original Nightwing costume. Um, Dead Man's costume happened to be Dead Man, which I thought was a, a nice little touch. Um, all the way up to, you know, Boston accidentally touching Fate's helmet realizing what you know seeing the, the future of what's going to happen kind of um and then realizing that he can't be so selfish anymore and then deciding that he is going to be in his current state the one to watch over uh dick grayson who at the end of it after he defies the amazons blows them the hell up using you know firestar's own fire against her um with boston possessing him to make his great escape he decides that he's going to become dr fate and that was a moment i'm looking at him like you got to be kidding me really and i was like i was very happy with it the writing was very spot on it characterized what i would have seen as like the entire mentality of the grayson household essentially and, and, and it had that sort of instant transformation in Boston that wasn't unbelievable. Um, I really enjoyed it. And you also got to see in there exactly how draconian the Amazonians are, where they are sitting there and saying, well, the helmet's indestructible. Burn the entire city. And I, it was at that moment where I was like, yeah, that is definitely a Nazi moment. The uh, What I like is... You saw it very much in this, too. I like how 
in each of these miniseries as well, they do a good job of pulling it into the main storyline. And in some of them, it's quite obvious, like the Wonder Woman, like the Lois Lane one, like Emperor Aquaman. There, it's, it's very, very obvious how it's being tied in. With something like the world of Flashpoint, it wasn't quite as obvious until she starts bouncing around all over the place and meeting people who've been affected all over the place and whatnot, which that's another one too. The third issue of the world of Flashpoint. Oh, yes. Mm, stellar. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Corny ending, but very it was corny still ending, but very good. Yeah. And the thing, too, is at that point, we have seen so much death and destruction that that little moment of the father-daughter tenderness. moment. Yeah, the tenderness. You know what? Of the- we can have that. It doesn't all have to be death and mayhem. So, but what I liked with the death, uh, with uh, Dead Man and the Flying Graysons is how they tied it back to yes. Dr. Fate. And it was just, you would think that it would be tied back to Dead Man or the Graysons or whatever. And to a small degree it is, but it's not, that's not it. It's all just about that little helmet. Yes. And that, that moment, that realization that that was essentially all set up for that was sort of like a cool misdirection, really. And it made me very happy to see that. And that that final panel is one that I actually have set up as my desktop background right now, (laughs) um, where he just has the helmet in his hands and you have, you know, Boston with his hand on his, on you know, Dick's shoulder and it says, I'm your family now. Obviously, Dick can't hear him. And then, you know, he just says, you know, call me Dr. Fate. And I'm just like, (laughs) it was was probably one of my, it, it was maybe my second or third favorite in the entire series. Yeah. The last one I want to touch on is one that really surprised me because I had thought initially that it would be stupid and yet I've had a blast reading it and that was Frankenstein and the creatures of the unknown. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I it was it was probably one of the 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 series that I had the most fun with. You know, the other ones are well written and you love them and they're engaging and everything and gripping. And this one was just just a plain, fun, just a great action popcorn kind of horror movie kind of thing. And it was just a ton of fun to read. One thing I will say is it's one of those those things that you forget that DC has. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things that not everybody like everybody knows that Marvel has written Dracula a thousand times because of Blade. I mean, that that whole thing with the, you know, uh, the Night Stalkers, the, the, that whole setup. But everybody forgets that DC did. Frankenstein and it was it was just a very fun B-movie romp would be the best way I could really put it and it was just entertaining it but really, then they, really was they, they, they had characters though that once again the characters were also mm-hmm. well written that it was a lot of fun rooting for these guys and I really enjoyed it right to the end everything that we don't have to go into too much detail for that one but everything literally up until the end I just enjoyed all of it Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, for me, it's like the same the same enjoyment I get out of, you know, uh, Inspector Chimp or Detective yeah. Chimp. I mean, it's just, it's a, a well-written character and he's almost a silly uh, form, but done incredibly well. It had and a, that's what it is. It had a big Hellboy kind of attitude to it, essentially. It and and that's all right with me. I, I really enjoy Hellboy. So to me, this was something that was very similar to the point of the, the fish woman and uh, and i mean so there were a lot of similarities in that and i like the way the characters kind of interacted together as well i i think that they could have done even more 
to gel the characters together. That's my one little, little uh, suggestion. But other than that, fantastic series right through to the end. Seeing Frankenstein on a horse heading yeah. into battle <laughs> yes. was made of win. And then you just... You have those moments that just make you giggle uncontrollably. Yeah, that, is that one of was those one moments. of them. Yeah, when I flipped the page and I was like, oh, come on, look at this. <laughs> oh, my God, that's just awesome. And then, of course, there's what's going on with the actual Flashpoint right now, where the Flash is finally getting a team together so that they could head into battle. And... I think the best moment in Flashpoint 4 was with, and I love that it's he's it's Flash and Batman in a kitchen, okay? Yeah, pretty <laughs> like, much. Talking in somebody's <laughs> kitchen. I love that. None of this, you know, way up on a high tower somewhere outside of Gotham. It's somebody's kitchen. And I love that Batman Thomas Wayne is does not want to get involved, and yet he has got such an incredible urban legends feel to him that as they established before if he decides to go forward everybody else will follow but if he does not they do not either and so when flash is trying to get everything going and he's saying no i love those that those couple of panels where he turns from him and says bruce would have and walks mm-hmm. away and it's like yep. oh talk about hitting that 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 freaking you know, you, you can do that when a when you're a parent and you know how to wield guilt like a tool. You know, <laughs> that's what that was, and it was just a phenomenal line. And then, of course, Batman joins into what's going on. I really enjoyed uh, issue four. I didn't think it was the strongest, but I did still enjoy it quite a bit. It had that moment, and like you said right there, Barry, Barry is one of those characters that people sort of write off uh, as far as like his out of in Flash personality. But it was just that 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 look he gave him, and the way he delivered the line. It's just like you're right; he knows how to twist that knife. He really does, and it was such a perfect moment because what got me from that is that's exactly what Bruce would have done in that situation too. He would have turned to whoever was arguing with him and said the one thing, yeah. the one <laughs> thing that he knew could push him and you remember well yeah barry's actually a really good cop he knows this shit yeah this it's it's something that um again with all the stuff with the kids in this issue i didn't quite enjoy it as much as the interaction between batman and flash in the earlier issues i really like that a lot more but they're building towards something and Having now finished some of those three-part series as well, we know that they're building up to something that's going to be massive in scope, and it's gotten to the point now where, yeah, I can't wait. I I want to know where this is going. We have the Wonder Woman and Aquaman one-on-one, right? Yeah. That's that's going to be happening, yeah. Oh no no it's 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 in the it's in the the entire yeah. the cards I mean if you want spoilers I can tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well some of them are quite obvious yes <laughs> um but yeah no I mean it's it's shaping up to be it, it, what gets me about it this whole thing is it's a much better world event a much better written world event than any of the crisis have been so far. Um, I might even actually put this entire event higher than Darkest Night and Brightest Day. You know what? So, I hadn't thought of that, but you know, yeah, it's just, quite possibly. Yes, quite possibly. Yeah, I mean, the scope of Brightest Night and, and well, the War of Light and Brightest Day and, and Darkest Night, the scope of it was absolutely monstrous as well. But 
I prefer what's going on in the story with this, just because more so than the other ones, I'm really finding that it's not just because it's well written in terms of everything that's going on, but we're really getting to care about these characters and they're so well written that even their, their differences and whatnot are fantastic fun to read. And there's a, a couple, a, a very few, you know, exceptions to that rule, but for the majority of them, even rewritten, you still care about them a great deal. And now because of everything that's going on, you care about them even more. I am, Remiss to think of a storyline, a recent storyline with Batman, where I felt it as much as I did. And not just what went on with Batman and, and, and Martha, but also with Gordon as well, when he shoots yes. that little girl. Like, everything that happened there the, heart -wrenching. The, was absolutely, not just heart-wrenching, but just jaw dropping good it was so well written and again i i can't think of another little story arc like that that's happened for a while that was better maybe as good but i don't think i've read anything better so when you're looking at things like that and other things that have been going on the stuff between aquaman and wonder woman regardless of what you feel about either of those characters because quite frankly Neither one of them is a favorite of mine. And yet the story arc that's going on between the two of those is insanely good. Well, and you can't deny good writing is yeah. really what it is. That's the, the moral of the story, right? Yeah. And they and really like it. it. This is something that we've been waiting for. This is the caliber of, of an event that we've been waiting for. And we love our world events. Well, I mean, I know I do. Um, but like this and just it's a complete reimagining of everything done in a way that's not just a one if one write off or anything like that it's it's an entire event that pulls you in and like you said the batman one especially it's just it's those twists and turns that make it a batman comic first and foremost but just overall a, a very well written story and there are tons of those moments throughout the entire uh, the entire series, those little tiny twists, those little tiny things that are off that you don't realize for issues or for until reading another, another tie in that add that sort of layer of complexity to the overall story that you can start weaving things together and see how everything comes into the bigger picture that we love. I mean, I love piecing together that stuff and trying to predict where things are going. And I love when I get turned on my ear. Yeah. And and that's what I'm getting a lot of. So. Well, again, what makes me really look forward to the relaunch, too, is that they've now proven that this was not just a big event that they wrote. This wasn't just a big event with characters that we really don't need to care about, that it's the event that matters. No, this is a big event where the characters are the central focus. And it yes. has to be like that because of all the changes to the characters. So now knowing that and knowing that, Again, it's all well and good to read the first Batman and say, oh, that was awesome. I can't wait to, to read the rest and then potentially be very disappointed. But they pulled it off. So it just got better. And so did most of the other ones, which leads me to believe now that they're on the right path and that those number ones coming out in September are, in fact, going to be insanely good. And that that makes me both happy and afraid because... <laughs> Because I don't want to have to buy every single one of them, but it looks like I'm going to be buying quite a few. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be buying uh, many, many of them. <laughs> All right. So that being said, now looking at what we've been reading this week, uh, I actually got caught up with 
Ultimate Fallout again so that we could see, again, spoiler alert, the new Batman, or sorry, not Batman, Spider-Man. Did you actually read Ultimate Fallout 4? No, not yet. Okay, well, you get to see the new Spider-Man. It's really, I thought, was completely undersold completely undersold this was supposed to be massive and really it's like it happens and you're like "Mm, okay (laughs) that's that's it really seriously that's the big reveal because mm, i i won't spoil too much but it really i was disappointed unfortunately there's a series that started off so good so heart-wrenching with the funeral with aunt may and whatnot and it's been progressively getting more and more meh and with this where you've got the new spider-man um should have been pretty huge and it really kind of wasn't and then of course there's the stuff going on with spider island that i've been reading as well so there's uh we're definitely going to be talking about that in issues to come because the stuff that's going on is just is going to be a ton of fun so what have you been reading lately Uh, Other than the Flashpoint. Honestly, that's really been my main focus. Um, I've been getting ready for the whole Spider Island and, uh, you know, I've been I've been trying to catch up on Ultimate Fallout. But the vast majority of my time really has been spent uh, trying to catch up and stay on top of Flashpoint. Um, Just because for my own personal uh, opinion, DC is outclassing Marvel right now. And that's where my attention is going. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so with that, we're going to wrap up with the new releases for this week. For Marvel, we do have some Fear Itself, if you are, in fact, still following it. we got Fear Itself number five, Fear Itself Fellowship of Fear, Fear Itself Uncanny, X-Force number two. We've also got Ghost Rider number two. If you enjoyed the first one, definitely check out that second one. I, I am actually looking forward to reading it. I'm looking forward to them being done with the Fear tie-in. This is, of course, a Fear tie-in. I'm looking forward to it being done, but still it's 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 uh, it should be fun read then we got iron age number three the trade paperback for shadowland is out the daredevil portion of Sa- shadowland so if you enjoyed that now's the time to pick it up if you hadn't there's amazing spider-man number 667 which is of course spider island and then we've got spider island cloak and dagger number one. Oh, i love me cloak <laughs> and dagger I, I can't wait to read that and then spider island deadly foes Ultimate Comics number five. Again, it's just every week they're coming out with them. So next week, expect number six. Vengeance number two. X-Men 15.1, which I'm sure Vince would know what the hell is going on with the point one at this point, but I don't. I don't. I don't. So we'll find out next week. And then X-Men Legacy 253. I've been seriously digging where Legacy has been going lately, so I'm very much looking forward to reading that. Any of those on your list? Uh, about half of them. <laughs> <laughs> Iron, Iron Age especially. Um, so yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm I haven't really read them. To that. I haven't read it's, the other two. Did you enjoy them? It's phenomenal. Okay. I really do enjoy it. Uh, also going to be uh, trying to get more of the, uh, the mechanical detective, the steampunk detective chick, because that's just awesome. Mecha- oh, Mechanaria. Yes, yeah, yeah. Lady something. Lady. La- Lady Mechanaria. Mechanaria or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Tart was talking about that. It's and also really well done. I actually, yeah, it's one of those series that I, I do have to check out. On the DC side, we've got Booster Gold, which is actually something we didn't yes. talk about in during the, the main show when we were talking about Flashpoint. And uh, it's just because, again, there's only so much you can talk about. There's so many tie ins. But the stuff going on with Booster Gold is supremely important with what's going on in Flashpoint. So this is 
booster goal number 40, 47, and it is, of course, a Flashpoint tie-in. We've got Detective Comics 881. That's going to be wrapping up real real soon, so any of those storylines, again, they're going to be wrapping up, and that'll be that. We've got Citizen Cold number 3, Dead Man in the Flying Graysons number 3, Emperor Aquaman number 3, Frankenstein, and the Creatures of the Unknown number 3. And then we've got War of the Green Lantern's Aftermath number 2 as well, which what's going on right now is important because of how it's going to fit into the continuity later on. And then for the rest of everything else, we've got Morning Glories number seven, or 11, which I know that Vince is still reading and enjoys. I loved it. I am still, you know what, I maybe I'll give it another shot. But it, is, it is delightfully messed up. Yeah, I just, too many holes that you could drive a Mack truck through kind of thing. And, and quirks with characters that don't come off as quirks so much as yeah that's a shortcut in writing that you took there so that you don't have to explain this or the character doesn't have to do that and too many of those for me kind of makes me roll my eyes and say nah not worth it and there's of course if you are excited for star wars the old republic like we are there are some fantastic series going on right now we've got star wars invasion revelations number two as well as star wars old republic number three and that is the lost sun series and with that we're actually going to wrap up the show i want to give a big thanks to joe for coming out dude i really appreciate it it's always fun to talk comics book comic books with you Thanks for having me. I had a blast, and I'm always game for talking comics. Yeah, and of course, if you want to reach either myself or Vince, you can reach us at Roger at Comic Informer or Vince at Comic Informer. We are on Twitter as well, at CB Informer. And if you have any questions or comments, you can also leave comments from the site. So with that, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week when I'll be hosting again, but Vince will be back. So it's kind of, you know, you win some, you lose some there. <laughs> <laughs> You seem to have a problem with quarter two. I don't know. I don't get it. I have been on <laughs> since six twenty. On Skype? Yep. Son of a bitch. I hate Skype so much. <laughs> I've been literally sitting here and then I was like, yeah, it's six twenty. I'll just play some Torchlight till Roger comes on. And but then I figured with you that uh, maybe in fact you weren't on. I'm sure you weren't. You just yeah, lied. Definitely was. I'm just saying. I could have been playing Fairy Solitary. I keep saying solitary. It's solitary. Yeah, you do. You do. I don't it's know what of, the hell that's all about. It's kind of amusing. It's, it's cute. It makes me endearing is what it does. So it's like, woohoo, save those fairies. <laughs> You're a special, special. Amazing. I hatched two more pets. It's all good. Going in by the back door, essentially. And I, I want to see whether or not that'll make a difference. <laughs> back door. See, once I, um, I, I fear once I move into the uh, the new place that I will actually have space again. And that means that I'll have space to store comic books properly again, which means I'll go back to buying regular comic books again. Yeah, I know myself. I know myself too cool. well. Yeah, it's not good. Cause, especially because I've been buying the variants and stuff too. And it's like, yeah, I've been buying a lot of comic books. And it's like, yeah, no, that's got to stop. And the yesterday kills me. I'm the one telling the wife, no, no, don't buy a 3DS. No, we should. No. <laughs> I should not be the voice of reason when it comes to picking up <laughs> That's a electronics. Sad day. Yeah. Roger is the voice of reason. That's when you know stuff's gone yeah, to hell. Run for the freaking hills. <laughs> Bad things is going to happen. But yeah, it was hilarious. 
so we're at the comic shop, right? And we're, we kind of split up. We go through our collective rooting through the bins and stuff like that. And I come back with a pile full of DC comics. You know, it's got, you know, the flashpoints and stuff like that. And some odd titles that I haven't picked up yet, um, like variant covers, things like that. I just kind of find around. And she comes back with a stack full of Marvel. And we just kind of look at each other. We have like the <laughs> narrowing of the eyes. <laughs> 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 and it was just like we both put our comic books down, pay for them, don't say a word, and go about our business. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the f bomb early. No, no, I thought it was hilarious because I was timing it. It was like, how long is it gonna? Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, there it is again. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's all right. So those will be in there. <laughs> 